0: Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today, we're back answering all your questions, this time about pregnancy. I wonder why we get into what certain cravings mean and how to meet them in ways that's supportive for both you and baby, tips for nausea, what supplements to take and how to combat low iron levels. We also discuss food and exercise limitations while pregnant and some common misconceptions around it. So let's get into it.
1: We're back with more listener questions. Are you ready, Kate? I am ready. So if, uh, if anyone listens to the show, they probably know this, but you are pregnant.
0: Yep, very pregnant at this point. I am 32 weeks tomorrow.
1: Okay. So 32 weeks tomorrow. So we thought, uh, you know, we've gotten a fair amount of questions and we thought we'd try to structure this one around some pregnancy related questions. I know some people have emailed in, you uh, posted some stuff on live well with Kate, your social media. um, So be sure to follow that if you aren't already, but um, I guess we can just jump right in here. And I know this is a question that I think a lot of people uh, stereotypically think of when they think of pregnancy, but it's it's just about cravings and what have you been eating, what have you been craving, and and also maybe a little bit of the science behind why do why do why is there such a thing as pregnancy cravings?
0: Yeah, no. So I guess starting with um, cravings, and I I told you, Andrew, I made like a fun reel with this because. I also find, and people may think at first when I say what my cravings are, they're like annoying, especially because <laughs> I'm a dietitian. But in the beginning of my pregnancy, like the main things I was craving and still to this day, actually I had had some today, but I was really craving like juicy fruits and fruits on the sour side. So like clementines, green apples, which I've had two green apples today, um, raspberries, like anything that was either juicy or sour. I just always gravitated towards. And what that tells me is I need more (laughs) hydration. I need more water. Um, And of course, like, you know, that's what I was saying is kind of the annoying thing. Oh, the dietitian's craving fruits. (laughs) Well, I'm craving other things as well, but really that was like the main thing in the beginning. And then also salty foods. So olives, pickles, I mean, anything with salt, like whatever I could get my hands on. And that's still now too. And the reason for that is your salt needs go up when you're pregnant. And actually most people, I feel like often think that... We always overdo it on salt. And honestly, unless you're really eating out a lot, which can be like the main way you overconsume salt, most of us are actually really low in sodium, which affects our hydration. So, salt helps us retain water, which people always think of it as like bloating or feeling swollen, mm-hmm. but it's also needed for our body to retain the water we're taking in and keep that hydration. So it goes like right? It's like when you think about, okay, craving salty foods, craving those juicy foods, it all goes back to hydration um, and just that increase in salt needs too. So those were like my two first that have stayed consistent, I will say my whole pregnancy as well. And then the third that has stayed pretty consistent has been red meat cravings. Um, I even prior to pregnancy, would crave red meat maybe about once a week but now it's definitely more and that's because your iron needs go up. I was about to ask. So,
1: yeah. So if you're craving salty things (laughs) means you might have too little salt Does Mm -hmm. craving red meat mean you might be low in iron.
0: Usually. Yeah. It's your body's way of letting you know, Hey, you may be getting low or you are low. Let's try to correct it, which our body is really there to help work with us and for us. I mean, it. You, that's where like taking, you know, we just recorded a great episode with Lisa Haim and we were talking about taking that pause before you're eating something and like really tuning into your body and what it's asking you for. So when you are craving certain things, there is a reason behind it, you know, and even like with craving salty foods, think about too, that you can make better decisions. Cause I know a lot of people are concerned about what they're eating while they're pregnant, but rather than going for the bag of potato chips every time, it's not to say don't ever go for the bag of potato chips. Cause I know I have, but think about, you know, maybe think about going for the olives or even a really great I mean, way pickles to get sodium is a, is yeah, a pickles and a great way to get sodium in but also doing it in a healthy way and honestly it tastes so good and so much better in my opinion is cutting up vegetables like carrots or cucumbers or peppers and just sprinkling salt on it completely changes the flavor of
1: vegetables. Well, yeah, They say in cooking that salt is a flavor enhancer rather than a flavor. Totally.
0: Itself. And even when you make salads, I always put salt and pepper on my salads. Like it's just, it enhances all of those vegetables.
1: In lieu of a dressing, like no dressing, just salt and pepper. My girlfriend thinks I'm a weirdo for that. (laughs) But 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 it it does. It changes. Yep,
0: It changes the flavor. So those are easy ways that you could get that salt in, or healthier ways, let's say. And then, you know, you can have your potato chips on the side. But those are the things I would say the red meat the juicy fruits and, um, and sour fruits. And then also anything salty have been consistent mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah.
1: Is salt and iron are those common uh, cravings that pregnant people have?
0: Yeah. Because your needs go up. So that's why like a lot of, I don't know, Andrew fear, but like a lot of women will say pickles are, yeah. you know, and ice their, cream is The stereotype mm-hmm, joke that
1: you which that's
0: what of. I'll get to next. And then, but, and then red meat as well. And so, Just, and actually, I know we did get a question about how to, you know, how to deal with low iron. So I'll dive more into iron and red meat. So if you're not a red meat eater, we can talk about that. Um, But then I've also noticed too, like as your pregnancy changes, your cravings can change as well. So Mm -hmm. one thing that happened for me, and my sister did warn me, I actually was really surprised in my first and second trimesters, I didn't want sweets. It just wasn't like if I wanted anything sweet, it would be like that clementine Mm -hmm. or something that also was like really juicy and fruity. And it's not to say I never had dessert my first and second (laughs) trimesters, but I wasn't craving it. And prior to being pregnant, I had dark chocolate probably every night, just like a little bit of dark chocolate. And I did, I, you know, I craved it, but (laughs) come third trimester. That changed. And honestly, if I could have ice cream every single night, I would ice cream and donuts have actually been like, I don't know why donuts, but I like, I want a donut every single day. Do I have a donut every single day? No. But do I also allow myself to have a donut here and there and ice cream? Of course. Um, but that's been the biggest change. I would say come third trimester, which I can't say there's a specific reason for it. I mean, your baby is growing at a faster rate come third trimester. I mean, that's really when they start to like expand and grow. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: there is something more to that. You may need no more carbohydrates. um, Just more calories. Exactly. And making sure too for anyone listening, if you are craving those foods, you still need to have your meals with them. Like still have your full dinner or your full meal and then have them don't try to, Oh, well, if I'm having ice cream, like I'm going to sub those calories for my meal. Like, no, no, no. It does not work that way. That does not serve baby. It doesn't serve your blood sugars. So it's all about that balance too. And one thing I found that has helped me is buying like the pre-portioned ice cream bars Mm. Because if there's a pint, it's really tough. A pint like my husband will be portion. like, okay, no, he like, he's like, okay, go put it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's little things you can do there too. Or like with a donut, right? If you don't get a huge one, it's like, okay, you have one and then let's move on, you know? So um, that I think has been the biggest change. But in terms of cravings, those are pretty much my main cravings.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and since you... Brought this up. And since someone else asked, like, what are ways to get, you know, more iron into your diet and into your body?
0: Yeah. So with iron, it's interesting. I think we first have to understand that there are two types of iron. So you have heme iron, which comes from animal sources. And then you have non heme iron, which comes from plant based sources. We absorb heme iron from those animal sources much better than non heme iron. It's not to say we can't have either, but I'm going to. I'll talk about how you can kind of get both, depending on what your eating pattern is. But if you are a meat eater and you do have low iron, increase your meat intake throughout the week. Increase good quality red meat. So try and get, if you can, grass-fed red meat. If you can't, that's okay too. Um, or even just little things like having chicken thighs over chicken breasts, so much more iron. Um, so that's where. Even just increasing it, like I would say pre-pregnancy probably had red meat, you know, once a week, maybe sometimes twice a week. Mm -hmm. Now being pregnant, I really try to aim for two to three times a week just to keep those iron stores up. Now, if you are not a meat eater or you choose not to be, um, that's where we have to really play up those non-heme plant-based sources. And a way to increase the absorption of that iron is to pair it with vitamin C rich foods. So I know we actually, I think we talked about this on our last Q and a, but this can be, um, like if you have beans, which contain iron and making sure to pair it with things like bell peppers, which are high in vitamin C, Or even your dark leafy greens, which are high in iron, like spinach, squeezing some lemon on top or making a strawberry salad, which is high in vitamin C Mm -hmm. and adding that with your spinach. But an easy way too is really just like squeezing a little bit of lemon here and there.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And another good one too is even if like you're making a hummus because when you're pregnant and you want to be snacking, mm-hmm. um, and that's where too adding, you know, most of the time, most hummuses will have lemon juice in it. So if you're making it at home, you can control that. So you get the iron from the chickpeas and then you add in that vitamin C and that really can help bring up your absorption to the heme iron level, but you want to make sure if you're getting your iron from those plant-based sources, definitely hundred percent add the vitamin C in there because the absorption rates just going to be so much lower. And then There's also something to be said too. If you are not eating meat for ethical reasons, um, and maybe you've chosen to not eat it for health reasons because there's a lot of misconceptions out there. And actually I would encourage everyone to listen to our last Q and a podcast because we go over, um, meat alternatives, things like that compared to eating meat. When you're pregnant, if your body is asking for red meat, I promise you health-wise, it's only going to help you and not hurt you. Um, So just be open to it, right? We never want to put ourselves in a box in terms of what we eat and what we don't eat because that also can lead to nutrient deficiencies like iron. So always just be open to change open to adjusting your food choices for whatever makes you feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable, no big deal at all. There's other ways. But um, I always just want to say that because I do feel like sometimes people put themselves in the non-meat-eater category and they feel like they can't take themselves out of it. Um, So that's my little rant on that.
1: No. I'm I'm wondering too. Is there? Do you have a recommendation, or is there like a is there a, a, a animal based and a plant based uh, food that is like the highest or the best uh, source of iron?
0: So animal based wise, mainly any of like your red meats or your organ meats are gonna be the highest in iron. Most people aren't eating organ meats. I mean, if you like liver and you like pate, by all means, go for that. But That's going to be your highest. And in terms, unfortunately, of the plant-based sources, the best way is just to add that vitamin C it kind of brings them all up to that level. Um, But beans are a really good source. Lentils, chickpeas, those are all really good sources Mm -hmm. of iron. And it's good because they give you some protein too.
1: Yeah. And I think this kind of leads into the next question. People were asking about supplements during pregnancy, Mm -hmm. vitamins, things like that. Can you take a vitamin C pill? Will that help with the absorption of iron?
0: So that's a very good question, Andrew. So taking a vitamin C pill isn't going to help with that absorption. Cause basically if you think about like when you're taking in that iron rich food, you want it to be paired with the vitamin C as you're taking it in. So when your body's going to absorb it, it absorbs more of the iron, like almost think of it like it's attached to each other. Totally, It makes sense. Versus if you're taking a supplement, it's not coming in together. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're like, I mean, maybe there's a chance if you're popping the vitamin C supplement at the same time. Taking a bite of time,
1: the tab. But that just the...
0: sounds way less enjoyable, yeah. especially when you're pregnant. It's like you're trying to minimize how many pills you're taking.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but no, that's a that's a really good question.
1: Well, then on that note, what are some supplements worth taking, or what are what type of supplements uh, can benefit you during pregnancy?
0: Yeah, so 100% prenatal, which I think everyone knows. And I think the misconception conception there is that your prenatal has you covered. Mm-hmm. You don't need to take anything else. Um and a lot of the times the things that your prenatal is lacking, some women need to supplement with. So for instance, um, choline is one thing that most prenatals are missing. And that's really supportive of like our baby's brain development, their eye development and It's unfortunately with supplements, it's really choline's like one of those that takes up a lot of space. So most supplements just put a small amount, but an easy way to get more choline is by eating eggs. Eggs and liver have the highest amount of choline. So if you're an egg person, make that part of your breakfast. Don't be scared to have the three eggs in the morning. I will say, if you can get pasture raised, you're going to get more nutrients. You're going to get more choline out of that. You're going to get more omega threes out of that. Um, but don't be fearful of eggs. And I do suggest having three. So you get enough protein unless you're having another protein source with it. But that's Mm -hmm. one also, um, vitamin D is another. So a lot of prenatals, most prenatals have vitamin D in it. It's just oftentimes they're lacking and it's unfortunate too, because research keeps changing. So research now has said that most pregnant women need about 4,000 to 6,400 IUs of vitamin D a day to meet the, basically to like reach their adequate status. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, most prenatals have maybe a thousand IUs, sometimes less. And most of us aren't because we think about like, even now it's summertime, oh, I'll be out in the sun a lot. Well, you're only really making vitamin D if you have no sunscreen on, which... That's not not recommended by any dermatologist. Um, Or too, like I even think about like if your skin is covered, you know, like a lot of the times we're covering most of our skin. And then on top of it, you have to know how well your body makes vitamin D. So people with a darker skin tone produce less vitamin D from the sun. So there's so many factors that we can't really... Rely on the sun, whereas I feel like we used to say we could. Um, but now that more and more research is coming out, so that's usually something you may have to supplement on top of, unless your prenatal does contain about 4,000 IUs or maybe even 3,000, you may be okay. And then the last one is, which is also something I take, is um, DHA. So DHA is often lacking or non-existent in some prenatals. And that can also be for stability reasons. Some prenatals, like my my prenatal just doesn't put it in. Um, But DHA is so important for baby, especially during your third trimester. So it's really important for their brain development and their eye development, just like choline. And it's pretty cool because DHA and choline actually work synergistically together to help each other with absorption. But There's so many benefits to DHA. Mm -hmm. It goes on and on. And again, in that third trimester is really where they're taking up a lot of that DHA and needing extra DHA. So 100%, I would always supplement with an extra DHA supplement and check if your prenatal has it. Probiotic is another one that I take. Um, this is just to help with a healthy digestive system, which any pregnant women out there know, sometimes you experience constipation, you can experience diarrhea, all of the above. So it's just a really great thing to be more supportive of your digestive system. And then I also take a magnesium. My prenatal does have magnesium, but I just find the extra magnesium support, is really great. One, if you are having constipation issues, it'll help with that, but I really take it for sleep. Um, it just, there's so much research behind it, helping you, you know, fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer. Um, and then it also helps calm your mind. So that's another piece of that. And I will say, if you experience like any cramping throughout the night, which some people do, magnesium can be supportive there as well. So that's like pretty much my routine is prenatal DHA probiotic magnesium. Like I said, I don't take a vitamin D because my prenatal has it. Mm -hmm. Um, I did film a little reel. I have it up on my, um, social account at live well with Kate. If you want to see the exact prenatals I'm taking and the exact supplements, I have it all there. Um, but I would say that's, that's pretty much it for most people.
1: Is there is there any supplement that someone might've been taking that they should stop taking uh, once they become pregnant?
0: Interesting. So, I mean, there's so many supplements out there, Andrew. What yes. I would actually say is if you, take, if you have a list of supplements you take, bring them to your first doctor's appointment and ask your doctor what's okay, what's not. Because also so many different supplement
1: companies put different Totally
0: things in their supplement stabilizers
1: and fillers. Yeah,
0: and exa- exactly. It's like more so the stabilizers and fillers that you have to be cautious of or that you may not want. Um, but like I said, it's like when you're pregnant, you're trying to take the least amount of supplement, yeah, So it's yeah. like less is more. But, you know, you may have to look at if you're taking an iron supplement prior to pregnancy, you may want to talk to your doctor first and readjust and see if you still need to take that. I know I said your iron needs go up, but also taking an iron supplement can bring about constipation and other issues like that. So definitely to your first doctor's appointment, bring your laundry list of supplements if you have one and go through them with your doctor.
1: That's great advice. Cause you know, and, and every Person is different too. So these are great tips and advice, but also understanding the uniqueness of your own body and your own situation play a huge part in this as well. A hundred percent. Looking at the questions here, uh, some other people wanted to know about nausea, nausea. Um, Yeah. Do you have any tips on sort of how to mitigate that or how to deal with that other than just sleeping all day?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So nausea sucks. (laughs) I had it my. Right after we found out I was pregnant, I pretty much got it like the day, the next day Mm -hmm. and had it for a solid three weeks, which honestly isn't that bad. Mm -hmm. I know some people that were sick their entire pregnancy, which is awful. Um, And I, I luckily never really got sick. I was just nauseous, but there are things you can do. So one, this is a, you know, I want to preface this all with you do what you can, there's no pressure to eat super healthy or cause I've seen a lot of women just get so down on themselves because they're like, Oh, once I'm pregnant, like I'm going to eat the best diet for my baby. And then you get nauseous and you're like, all I want is crackers. Mm-hmm. So take that pressure off yourself. Usually the nausea is just a phase, but to also keep it from being, you know, long-term and keep it as just a phase, there are little things you can do. So one of them being, and this is probably what I see most commonly that people do wrong is usually when you're nauseous, right? What are we craving? We're craving like plain carbs, like Stuff saltine crackers. Yeah. Piece of bread, um, pasta, you know, with butter, but we really need to make sure that with those carbs, you are adding in a protein and or a healthy fat but hopefully ideally a protein hopefully both actually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you can get both and because what happens is when you just take in a carbohydrate your blood sugar spike and what helps your blood sugars from not spiking is adding in that protein or healthy fat and it brings it down a bit so the reason why that's an issue is when your blood sugar spikes it actually increases your nausea mm. so what a lot of people do when they're feeling really nauseous, like they just have those saltine crackers, right. Or they're just, all they can stomach is like toast with butter, which yes, there's some fat and butter, but not enough to probably mitigate that blood sugar response. And so then you don't realize you may feel better in the moment, but you're just increasing that nausea. So things you can do. um, I know for myself, like I love eggs, I was not particularly craving eggs when I felt nauseous, but I knew I needed to get them in. So I would have my, we were actually traveling at the time and I would have like my toast or even like Cheerios, right? Like anything that was so bland, Mm -hmm. but I had the eggs right there with it. Like you have to have that protein there. And also too, it's also just good for your body as well. And like baby is growing. So you don't need to be on this super uber healthy diet when you're feeling nauseous, but you want to also still be supportive mm-hmm. of the gro- the, growing, the growing thing inside you. <laughs> um, so that's an easy way. Or like, let's say you're just craving those saltine crackers, like get the jar of peanut butter with it, right? And just like slather on some nut butter or even on your piece of toast that you're having, add some avocado to it. Yeah. And if you can top it off with some eggs, if that feels okay to you. Um, also little things like, Don't be near the kitchen. If cooked foods make you nauseous, just smelling things, have other people prepare your foods and get out of the kitchen because it's unfortunate too, if you're okay with eating the eggs, but just by smelling them being cooked, you're not. Mm. So you have to also think about what's really triggering for you and then kind of adjust. Um, Also a good thing here too, is especially if you are getting sick, if you are vomiting, That also means you're going to be more dehydrated. So smoothies are another really great way, but I preface this with you need to have a protein source in your smoothie, whether it's a very clean protein powder. And the reason why I say that is a lot of the times additives in protein powders can actually create more nausea. So like a very clean protein powder or protein source, right. Um, even adding some collagen in there is actually a great way to get in protein, but also you're getting in glycine, which is really important during pregnancy as well. Um, and then maybe you add a nut butter source in there too, but that's going to be an easy one that you can kind of just sip on maybe with your crackers. (laughs) Um, another good thing too, is like some salted nuts, or one thing I liked was roasted chickpeas that were salted. And that's a great thing too. You can just kind of like keep by your bedside because you Mm -hmm. will find in the morning, you usually have to eat like right away. And so it's helpful that when you first wake up, you can kind of pick up a few salted nuts or like those roasted chickpeas and just eat a little, and then you feel a little bit better to get up. Um, But again, like those salty foods, having low sodium levels increases nausea. So it's, again, it's your body's way of asking you for the things you really need. So do not be afraid of the salt shaker. Try to get like a sea salt, um, Himalayan salt or any type of mineral salt. So you're getting more minerals in to help with hydration, but that's going to be A great thing and any other salty foods, even sipping on like some bone broth and adding more salt to it. If it's not salted, um, drinking some coconut water and adding some salt to that. I will say one thing for me is, and I know my sister experienced the same thing, but like I could not drink any water unless it was ice cold and it had some lemon in it.
1: Mm.
0: Now I'm totally fine. I mean, (laughs) I still want it ice cold, but That was like, and so you just have to find what will get that hydration in you because honestly you don't, or at least I found like when you're nauseous, you're not, you don't want to drink a lot of fluids, Totally, but find that magic way to drink them. You know, whether it's ice cold with that lemon or with like grapefruit, whatever it is and get in that hydration along with your sodium rich foods. So same with like, if you're having that toast with peanut butter, if your peanut butter doesn't have salt in it, or even if it does sprinkle some more on there. Um, those, so like, you know, talking about those, but then other things that can help in terms of supplementation, um, but also getting them from foods too. B6 can really help with nausea. So taking like a B complex or just a a B6 vitamin, but I will say you do want it in, um, a certain form because it's going to be better absorbed. So you want it in the Paradoxal five phosphate form. Which check your supplements because a lot of the times they are not. Um, and then B six rich foods: avocados. So we talk about like doing avocado toast, bananas, which a lot of people crave when they're nauseous. Um, pistachios and sunflower seeds are kind of the top ones. And then magnesium can also be supportive as well. And that's where I would encourage in terms of form a magnesium glycinate. And if you can have it also say chelated, because that's gonna also increase absorption. And foods there, dark leafy greens, which you're probably not craving that when you're nauseous. So stick more to nuts, seeds, um, cocoa, which is another great one. And then Mm -hmm. seaweed, which again, is probably not on the table when you're nauseous. But going back to like, it does, you know, having those nuts and seeds, right? So if you're having like that toast with nut butter, if you can sprinkle on some chia seeds there for extra fiber and magnesium, and it's not going to taste like anything, right? Like it's more of a texture thing. So Mm -hmm. see how you feel with that. But those I would say are my top tips in terms of eating salty foods. See if you can like make sure your prenatal has enough B6 in it or take, um, a B complex or B6 supplement, same with magnesium after you check your prenatal, um, and then just make sure you're always pairing those carb rich foods with a protein or a healthy fat. So you don't end up spiking your blood sugar and increasing that nausea
1: worse. What about, I know that, um, ginger can sometimes help with motion sickness, is that similar here?
0: You are right on. Um, so ginger can help. I do find it's person to person dependent. Some people, the actual taste of ginger, it makes them feel worse. And then some it's like the magic pill. So definitely try ginger. I mean, there's so many forms you can get it in. I would say avoid like ginger ale because there's so little ginger in any mm-hmm. of like the ginger sodas that it's really not going to do much, but adding ginger to like your smoothie, right. Um, or just even in meals you're making, or they have like the little ginger gummies that people love. So, I mean, really at that point, and you'll see anyone that's listening, that's been nauseous or what, you know, if you haven't been before and then you do, during pregnancy, you will try anything. So get the ginger gummies as well. I'm really glad you brought that up.
1: Yeah, or even like I know I've made like a ginger tea, which is you just, you know, yeah, cut up the 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 knob of ginger in some hot water and it's it's add some honey and it's it's helped me before with nausea. So
0: I love that. And that's I've the never thing been too. pregnant like, though. Well, but you know what too, Andrew? I'm so glad you said that too, because this is for any nausea. Right. Like, yes, during pregnancy, your sodium needs go up, but that's also too. I mean, I've had bouts where if my sodium's low, I feel nauseous and this Mm. is pre-pregnancy. So this is for, you know, anyone who's feeling nauseous too. So it, it all applies. So I'm really glad you brought it up.
1: That's so interesting. Well, I think we got one last question here, and I think this is fitting to sort of put at the end. Um, (laughs) And this comes from a listener who says they're struggling with, uh, you know, reading and seeing and hearing all the lists of things you're not allowed to do or not supposed to do Mm -hmm. when it comes to exercise or food uh, while being pregnant. They said specifically um, they hate being told that they have to cut out deli meat and they can't lift anything or they can't water ski. Um, so what do you, what, what advice do you have for someone who's struggling with these hearing these things? Yeah.
0: So this is, this is tough. And, um, you know, I'm going to share my own personal experience. This is not me giving out advice to people. Um, also Lily Nichols, who we have had on, um, who wrote real food pregnancy, definitely go check out her podcast, but. In her book, she addresses this in a great way, um, but it's really about, it's interesting too. In America, we have very different guidelines than everywhere else in the world. Okay. So most other places in the world, they don't even address deli meat. They don't address sushi. What they actually address usually is produce because what, what with, you know, um, raw fish, deli meat, most of the things they tell you, you can't eat if we start there, It's to avoid the risk of getting a foodborne illness, right? And then when you're sick, how that can affect baby. Now, the one food I will say I would have everyone stay away from is oysters because if you get sick from a bad oyster, from raw oysters, you mean you can be very sick. Um, But in that same token, how I have applied, like, yes, I have had raw fish. I have had my raw fish sushi. I have had deli meat. However, I only eat it from a good quality place. Because um, again, it's just about your risk and what you feel comfortable with. But that's you know, how I've taken it. Is, as long as I'm getting it from a good quality source, I feel comfortable having it. But what I am more cautious of, and what I was just saying, the rest of the world is usually told to, is to watch their produce because produce actually tends to have the most foodborne illnesses with it. I mean, how many times do we hear like Romaine is being recalled, right? Or some type of lettuce is being recalled. And that's where if you see any funky lettuce, or even if you're in the grocery store, one thing I I've stayed away from is pre-cut vegetables, because that increases the chance of foodborne illness, but produce actually has the highest risk of increasing your chances. So you have to just do what you feel comfortable. I know that's kind of a wish washy answer, but I will not sit here and tell anyone, yes, you can have deli meat. Yes, Mm -hmm. you can have raw fish because I don't know where you're getting it from. And I cannot guarantee there isn't so Some people want to play it really safe, which is totally fine. But if you find that like, it's really limiting for you, or, um, I mean, you know, even when we got this question, like it did, it felt very limiting to this person. You have to weigh your options. So that's what I will say in terms of food, in terms of exercise, there are absolutely certain things you cannot do because it puts your baby at risk. So for instance, like the water skiing, like they mentioned, or horseback riding or anything that physically, if you fell or a contact sport that could hurt your baby, I do a hundred percent agree. You should stay away from, um, in terms of not being able to lift things. Now, this one is interesting because You can lift things. You can lift things like weights right up until you give birth. What you do need to be cautious of is your form. So a lot of the times when they're telling pregnant women, don't lift heavy boxes, which yes, you don't need to lift heavy. That's where it kind of gets a little blurry because you have to remember, usually you have an extra 10 to 30 to maybe 40 pounds you're carrying. Those are your weights, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are your extra weights when you're doing your squats. If you want to do some arm weights, great, but adjust for the rest of the, weight that your body is also carrying. Yes. Don't bend down and lift a heavy box. That's just not, and I don't think that's what this person was saying, but you have to be cautious, but you can a hundred percent still lift weights up until the end, um, You just have to remember your form. And that's where if you need to seek out the help of a personal trainer or some type of program, you just want to make sure you don't injure yourself while pregnant. Um, and then in terms of other things with exercise, like abdominal exercises, that's really just where you're limited. Like, but it's not all abdominal exercises. It's really just anything that's going to crunch your baby, like crunches, (laughs) Um, or even sometimes laying on your back for too long. That's a misconception too, that you can't lay on your back at all. It's just, you can't lay on your back for long periods of time, but there are so many other core exercises. And I think that's where sometimes people feel limited because they're scared. They're going to lose their abs, right. Or it's going to be so much harder postpartum, but actually one of the best things you can do, um, and we have a great podcast or two, actually one with Erica zeal. Um, and then one with Taylor Walker, and we talk about pelvic, like working your pelvic floor and those deep core muscles. And that's actually the real core work. Um, so you can do a lot of those, you know, practices and really, and that's also going to help you with labor and postpartum. So there's other ways you can get around it, but there are a lot of misconceptions with exercise and what you can and cannot do, unfortunately.
1: Well, yeah, no, this has been great, and it looks like the Eric Azil one's going to come out a little bit after this one airs. So be sure to listen. Okay, to that. perfect. But, um, but yeah, no, this has been this has been great, and I think super helpful. And and hopefully the people that are asking heard their answers. <laughs> and um, we just want to take this moment to say too, if you have any questions, you know, we're going to be doing more of these Q and A episodes. So please send your health and wellness questions to podcast at nordicnaturals.com or you can message uh kate at Kate on instagram though she may be slow to reply in the <laughs> coming months uh with other other responsibilities at hand but yeah uh send in your questions and we look forward to answering them in a future episode
0: yeah and we'll definitely do a postpartum q a when I'm in the trenches of it. So send in your questions for that as well, and we can go through it together. Based on today's Q&A episode, I encourage you to take a closer look at the supplements you're taking while pregnant or when trying to conceive. It plays a very large role, and I want you to make sure that you're supporting your body and your baby with the right nutrients. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Thank you for listening to naturally well by Nordic naturals. And remember you can watch every episode of the podcast on our naturally well YouTube channel. If you want to know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at live well with Kate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at Nordic And we hope to answer your question on air. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.